0: Father, we pray that you would continue to minister to our hearts, to speak to our minds. And we ask that you would continue to bring your healing into our lives and into our relationships. Amen. In the book of Philippians, uh, Paul talks about his life and how all of it in the past just doesn't mean anything. And that all he wants to do is to know Christ to be like Christ, to love Christ, to know and to share in his sufferings so that he can also share in his resurrection. And he, he kind of gets seems to just get really excited about it, just how much he wants to know Christ and participate in the life of Christ. And then he stops, and he says, Not that I have already obtained all of this, but I press on to the prize that I am going for, this this prize of knowing Christ and participating in his life. Here at Broadway, like Paul, we have a vision of becoming like Jesus. We have a vision of coming to know Jesus and participate in his life. And at the same time, we are, we're not triumphalistic about it. We don't name it and claim it, We are sober-minded and honest about who we are. We are very quick to say, I haven't yet obtained all of this. There is still work to do. I see my brokenness. I see my sin. I know how vulnerable and weak I am, but I press on toward this prize of knowing Christ and participating in his life. This morning, we are moving to this this next characteristic of discipleship that is is unique to our church here at Broadway. We are, and we are growing and learning to be a, steadfast, a, a, a community of steadfast worship, a healing community, a community of uncommon unity, and a community of faithful witness. And we are moving today to talk about a healing community, and we'll talk about this the next couple of weeks. Uh, Last year, when the elders began to consider uh, the kind of church that God has called us to be and what the unique characteristics of our church are, this was the one that we came up with first, uh, that we are a healing community. And the way we've described this is that we are a family bound together by the healing work of our good Father. We're a family bound together by the healing work of our good Father. And we do this in a couple of ways, by being transparent in our brokenness and confessing our sin, and by pursuing peace and forgiveness in all our relationships. We are, and we are striving to be, and we are calling to grow deeper into this reality of being a healing community. Uh, The truth is, God brings hurting people to our church. There's so many stories of people who are here in this room right now who, who wandered into these doors because they were hurt in some way or another, uh, that they were maybe hurt by, by the church in the past, that they were uh, tired, uh, that they were weary, that they were broken physically or emotionally or spiritually, and there are dozens of stories here in this room of people who wandered in and received healing through Christ because of this community. And there are dozens of people over the last six years that I've met throughout this city, and I, I get to tell them, I am the pastor of Broadway Christian Church, and they tell me, I, I used to go to Broadway, and, and they'll tell me the story of, of what happened and the ways that they experienced healing in their life through this place. This is one of the foundational qualities of our church that has characterized us throughout our history, and I believe that we need to grow into and live into even more. And I think that one of the main reasons that we can be a healing community for people is because we freely admit we haven't yet obtained all of this. There's a willingness in our heart to admit that we've fallen short. There's a willingness to wear our heart on our sleeve here at Broadway. We strive to be transparent in our brokenness rather than to pretend that everything's always okay. We try here to be honest about our sin. We encourage the practice of confessing our sin every Sunday morning to God. We hope that you do that daily and also confessing our sin to another so that we can be known and to encourage and to challenge one another. We confess that we're vulnerable, vulnerable people, that we, that we aren't strong enough to make it on our own. We know here at Broadway that each of us carry wounds from our past, carry wounds that were inflicted on us by other people and things that were done to us, and we also know that we have been people who have inflicted wounds on others. We know that we have fallen short of the glory of God. Broadway Christian Church is, is FSO, for Sinners Only. If you're not a sinner, sorry, you just can't, you're, you're welcome here on Sunday mornings. We just can't be a member of our church. You, you have to be a sinner to be here. You have to know that about yourself. And, and we are for sinners only, not because we're proud of that or because we want to remain where we are. Uh, God forbid that. Far from it. We know how devastating our sin has been in our life and in our relationships. We are for sinners only because we know that before we can experience the healing that Jesus offers to us, we need to admit that we are sick. And so we believe that one of the primary ways that, that God has offered his healing to us in our lives is by providing us this community, this brothers and sisters in Christ, and that as we live our life together and as we pursue Christ together, that we become transformed and become healed in the name of Jesus. There is a longing in each and every one of us for connection with other people. And there's all sorts of, uh, this is actually a growing uh, source of, of information from the sociological field and the psychological field out there that, that tells us how important uh, relationship and community and, and, and physical touch is for our lives. There's been studies about infants who, who don't experience touch and the damage, the actual brain damage that that does to them for the rest of their lives. Uh, studies about how there is this connection between people who are are isolated and alone and how that affects their mental health and their their mental illness. Uh, There are studies about how soldiers who come back from being overseas, that that the primary variable about whether or not they're going to be able to be resilient and to be able to live a healthy life is how strong their network of community are here when they come home. Uh, The science is clear that the Bible was right all along. It's not good for us to be alone. Christian community, relationships with other people is not optional in the Christian life. We can't follow Jesus alone. All of the language that the Bible uses about followers of Jesus is language about community. The the most common language that's used about the church is the language of family. As Sims reminded us last week, we address God in prayer as our Father. The very first two words of the prayer remind us that we are necessarily called into a community if we are people of prayer. Our, this is a a, a plural word, all of us, we are reminded that even when we pray, even when we do this this thing that we think is so personal, we do it together with other people, and we address God as Father. That's family language. When I'm in the church, I'm necessarily brought into a family with other brothers and sisters who also call God Father. We are a family bound together by the healing work of our good Father. And for the intro- introverts among us, myself included, that can be frustrating and difficult because uh, people get in the way of my plans Relationships are hard work. Relationships bring wounds into our lives. And the more important and the more intimate the relationship, the harder the work and the deeper the wounds. But relationships, real relationships where we truly know one another, are the places where we experience the most healing and the most transformation in our life. And the more time that I spend with someone, the more intimacy that we share, the more that we know one another, the more opportunity my brokenness and sin is going to bump up against their brokenness and sin, and there's going to be conflict. And that's just part of what it means to be a part of the church. But also, as we spend more time together, and as we grow more intimate with one another, as we know one another, there's more potential and capacity for us to grow in our transformation, in our healing uh, in Christ came across this quote this week. It's a little bit long, but I, just, I, think it's, I think it's wonderful. Part of the very essence of Christianity is to be together in a concrete community with all of the real human faults that are there and the tensions this will bring to us. Spirituality for a Christian can never be an individualistic quest, the pursuit of God outside of community faith and church, community family and church. The God of the Incarnation, that is, God becoming flesh and dwelling among us, the God of the Incarnation tells us that anyone who says he or she loves an invisible God in heaven and is unwilling to deal with a visible neighbor on earth is a liar, since no one can love a God who cannot be seen if he or she cannot love a neighbor who can be seen. The Christian life is is always as much about dealing with each other as it is about dealing with God. Here at Broadway, we believe that we are called on a healing journey together. We are on a journey together to pursue the great doctor who can bind up our wounds, who can forgive us of our sin, and who has the power to set us free from our sin. And so we are on this healing journey together. And so the next three weeks, we're going to talk about this healing work of Christ and how we participated in it together as a community here at Broadway. And so this week, we're going to talk about uh, the, the basic trials of our life and how, how God is present in the trials of our life to bring healing and transformation. Next week, we're going to talk about the work of, of self-examination and confession. And the week after that, we're going to talk about forgiveness and reconciliation. These are all parts of God's work of healing here at Broadway Christian. Turn with me to James chapter 1 verses 2 through 4. This is going to be our main passage of Scripture today. James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. James writes, this is how he begins his entire letter. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance, And perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds. Trials never feel good, right? by definition, a trial, it hurts. It causes pain or some difficulty. James here is not telling us that, that when you're going through a trial, that somehow you should pretend to be happy about it. This is, this is not what James means when he says, consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. In fact, James and the rest of the Bible says the opposite. Having pure joy is not about putting on a happy face, whistling in the dark, pretending that everything is Okay. When James and the rest of the Bible talk about our trials and suffering, they call us to face the suffering and see it for what it is. To look at it, to go through it, and to know that God is with us in that trial, and that he is doing a good work in us as we go through that trial, developing character and perseverance in us. It doesn't feel good. To consider it pure joy is not about our feelings. It's a decision that we make to look at that trial through the lens of what God is doing and what he wants to do in it. To place ourselves in God's story and to see that whatever trial that we are going through is not the last word about us or the last word about our lives. That God is working through that trial to bring about something good. Even if we don't know what that is, or we're not able to see it, or even in this life, as the book of, as Hebrews chapter 11 says, those who pursued in faith, at the end of their life, they still didn't receive all that they had asked for, but they look forward in hope. And I think we often view the trials of our lives, these uh, everyday irritations, as well as like the really extraordinary sufferings in our life, we see those trials as, as obstacles to having those good and sweet times with God. Uh, they're, they're in the way somehow. But what James and the rest of the Bible tells us is that real deep spiritual work and growth and relationship with God happens because of those trials. The trials that we go through are not are not obstacles or hurdles that we have to jump over so that we can then kind of enjoy this sweet relationship with God. They are a necessary crucible to bring us into real deep relationship with him and to experience the healing and transformation that he wants for us. The Christian faith promises trials and sufferings. And today, and James says that to, to consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. And so I want to talk about two different kinds of, of trials or suffering today. And the first that I want to talk about is just the, the ordinary trials of everyday life. And the second is the extraordinary suffering that we encounter from time to time. Let's first of all talk about just the ordinary trials of everyday life. The daily trials of our life, like just sometimes getting up in the morning. That's the kind of trial that I'm talking about, okay? Just the, 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 the paying the bills, getting the kids to school on time, uh, the little irritations in life, the misunderstandings and miscommunication that we have with people, or or maybe the flat-out disagreements and hurts and fights. Uh, These trials, these everyday trials, they're not an obstacle to spending time with God. They are an opportunity for us to meet God in those places. And I want to suggest to you that if we, if we avoid God in those places, if we don't see where God is at work in those places, if we, if we numb ourselves uh, to God, and as we, if we avoid relationships that are difficult for us because they're just hard and frustrating, then we're going to miss one of the primary places where God wants to work to transform us and bring healing in our lives. It is in the messiness of our everyday life in the messiness of our everyday relationships, this is where God wants to meet us so that we can experience His grace there is always um, there 's always this this gap between where our life is, like just the irritating reality of it all, or the frustrations or the difficulty of it all, like where our, our life is, and like where we, where we want it to be, you know? We have this picture of, you know, our, our, our family being together around a table, and there's no awkward silences, and everybody's laughing and having a good time. We have this picture of the way that our life should be over here, and the way that our life really is way over here, and there's this big gap between the two. And I want to suggest to you that, that all of us have the temptation to avoid this gap in one way or another. There's some people that they just want to stay over here and, and they want to, when they're, when they're going through trials, they just kind of want to turn on star 883 and listen to nice worship music all the time and pretend that everything is okay. And they avoid this gap of where their life really is. There's other people who just kind of stay over here and they know. And they're really grouchy about the fact that their life is the way that it is. They know that it's not what it should be, but they don't want to move and to face this gap in this reality. And what I want to suggest to you is that it's, it's facing the gap and stepping into the gap, that that's where we experience grace. And if we avoid it, if we, if, 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 we, if we don't do the work that God wants to do in us in that gap, then we will not experience the grace that he has for us. And so, so when you're over, uh, when you're experiencing real life, and you're over there in that place of frustration and disappointment in this common everyday irritation or trial, when you freaked out on your 3 year old this morning. The question is not to sit there and to wallow in it, but to step into the gap and say, God, what was it about me and in me that made me respond in that way? Uh, my sweet four year old, no, you're not four. How old are you, Evie? Seven? <laughs> so, my seven, I still want her to be four, I think. So, so the only time that Evie and I don't get along is at bedtime, right? Yeah. And I don't know what it is about me, but I become a different person at bedtime. <laughs> and my sweet girl just wants some time with dad. And all dad wants to do is be alone at the end of the day. And what is it about me at that time that makes me treat her that way? To step into the gap and to ask the questions, what is it in me that's causing this irritation? It's causing this anger. It's causing this frustration. It's realizing the gap between where we are and where we long to be and where we know God wants us to be. It's stepping into that gap where we can experience God's grace and healing and transformation, admitting that it's there, facing it and looking at it. And asking God to show us how he wants to work in us in that place. So there are these common everyday trials of our lives and our relationships. And then we all know that there's also moments of of extraordinary suffering. The doctor says the word cancer. Somebody near us dies. Terrible car accident. Our own physical suffering. Suffering abuse by other people. The experience of shame when our own sin and brokenness is exposed to other people. Each of us have these moments in our life when it seems like like we just can't endure it anymore. It's just so hard and so painful. And what I want to suggest to you is that in these moments and in these seasons, where God is most at work in your life, he, He is not the cause of that suffering but he is very, very much at work in that suffering. And transformation and healing happen when we face the suffering together with God. There, there are some religious traditions that, that say that, that suffering isn't actually real and that we actually should detach it from our minds, that we should kind of move into some place of I don't know ecstasy or nirvana or whatever it might be, and to pretend that the pain isn't real. In, in modern life, we we numb, we numb our sufferings through entertainment and devices and through all sorts of other distractions. But the call of the Christian life is to face our suffering to look at it, to experience it as the terrible consequences of of living in a fallen world and to pick up our own cross to those seasons and suffer together with God who suffers with us. And and the promise of the Bible is that we don't we don't ignore our pain. If we don't ignore our pain and suffering, if we don't numb ourselves or just put on a happy face, the promise is that God will meet us there in our pain. And as we, he does that, he will be developing in us perseverance and character so that we will be mature and not lack anything. And so I just want to give two suggestions today about how we can move toward God in our trials, whether those are the the ordinary irritations and frustrations of our everyday life or the extraordinary suffering that we experience from time to time in our life. And the first is this, to talk to God in your pain. Talk to God in and about your pain. James says right after this verse, these verses about being mature and complete and not lacking anything, he says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God. If you're going through a trial and you don't know how to walk through that faithfully, ask God, talk to him about it. In our trials and sufferings, we're called to be in conversation with God about how to walk through it. The Psalms are filled, absolutely filled, with songs and prayers written by people who were suffering incredible pain. Seventy percent of the Psalms are lament Psalms. Psalms where people were just having a really bad day, and they wrote a song or a prayer about it. You know, if for most of my life as a pastor, when, when people came to me and they were struggling or suffering in some way, I I, I definitely was never taught this, but I think it's just kind of part of my personality. I I thought it was my job to make them feel better as quickly as possible. That was my my job as a pastor, make them feel better because I think that would make me feel better if they felt better. And, And I'm just learning in the last year that that's often the very last thing that the person needs. I've been learning to walk through my own pain. And I'm learning that making people feel better doesn't usually bring the kind of healing that God has in mind for that person. And I'm learning to call people to challenge, to challenge people to not spend their lives trying to avoid the pain or to avoid this gap that so many of us have experienced. And so many people live their lives trying to avoid feeling the way that they feel. But when we accept the way that we feel, when we receive it and look at it and go through it together with God, healing and transformation is possible in our lives. But in order to do that, we have to talk with God about our experience of trial and pain, to be honest with him about who we are, to be honest with him about where we fell short in the situation, to be honest with him about how we feel about that person who did that thing to us. There's this one psalm where the psalmist writes, God, I wish you would take my enemy's children and dash their babies against the rocks. That is not a holy sentiment. But God chose to use that as, to put that in his word, as a prayer to him. That's a remarkable thing. There's not a single thing that you and I can say to God that will somehow surprise Him or disappoint Him in you. He wants you to talk with Him about the way that you feel and the things that you are experiencing and be honest as you can with Him in prayer. That is what He desires of you in prayer. So when you are walking through trials or or extraordinary pain, talk to God in it and about it. And the second thing I want to suggest is to move toward community, move toward relationship, move toward other people. And I think that most of us, when we're in pain and we're in struggle, most of us often kind of will often shy away from others. And I want to suggest that we need to move towards other people move towards community when we are in suffering and in pain. Community has a way of of exposing things in us and revealing the truth about our lives. I had a a friend in Vancouver, his name was Pierre Solomon. Um, this past week he came to mind um, on Tuesday mornings about once a month or so this i 'll ask the staff to go around the room and to say to tell us about someone in their life who made a significant impact on them. So we take a minute or two to think about that and then we go around the room and share about that person and then we pray and we thank God for that person and this past week, Pierre Solomon came to my mind and uh, Pa'er was uh, at our church in Vancouver. He was uh, from Ethiopia, and he was a Messianic Jew. And um, he just had a way of um, of saying really annoying and irritating and true things about me. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would often get a call from pair, hey Ryan, I'd like to sit down and talk with you, and i just like, it would ruin my week, and um, like, can we just do it today, and kind of get the whole thing over with, but he was, he was always right, but he, he had this way, of, because we spent time together, a lot of time together, um, he had, my life was exposed to him in a way that, that allowed him to speak into it. But prayer, as well as like exposing ourselves to other people and and to to, to letting people know who we truly are, and helping us people see uh, both the good parts of ourselves as well as the not so good parts of ourselves, uh, community also has a way of of encouraging us through our trials. That that what Pierre did in my life was not just say those irritating things, but he would encourage me and offer ways for me to change, offer ways for me to be better. And this is the kind of community that we are seeking to be here, uh, to be a church that knows that we have not already obtained all of this, and to be in relationships with people where we are both exposed to them in our, in our good and in our bad and our not so good, and also to be in a community of encouragement in the midst of that. And I want to say to you today that I am grateful That Broadway Christian Church is this kind of community because I would would not be where I am today without you. Uh, The fact that God has made our church a healing community is not just this ideal for me, um, it's been very real for me in my life. Uh, Today, this Sunday, uh, marks one year uh, that uh, I stepped away for five weeks of ministry. Uh, because of things that I needed to deal with in my life. And the ways that the staff and the elders and each of you cared for me and for my family during that time, um, I just can't say enough. I'm here today and I I am stronger today. I'm more exposed to you all today and encouraged by you all today because of the healing community that you are. This isn't just an ideal for me. It's real for me. And I think we demonstrate this healing community in a variety of ways. I mean, goodness, we had dozens of people this morning surrounding men and women and couples in our church who are hurting or who are grieving in one way or another. And we, we came around them. And we, these are people who are kneeling and saying, I've not yet obtained all of this. I'm hurting and I'm grieving. I've I've fallen short or my life is falling short or whatever it may be. And we come around them and we care for them and we speak truth to them and we love them. And as they are willing to expose themselves to us, we then encourage and bring them uh, along the way in this healing journey. The prayer cards at our church, every church that I've ever been to has prayer cards and they're never ever used. We have dozens every single week of people who who write out prayer cards, they put them in the offering plate, they are letting themselves know that, hey, I'm hurting and I'm struggling, and this is a church that prays for those things. In the last couple of years, I'm so encouraged about the way that God is bringing about conversations around around pain and suffering and healing. A couple of years ago, informing the the mental health team to come together and to think a little bit about mental illness and mental health and help that to be a conversation for us here at the church that we're not afraid to have but can talk about well and to, to encourage uh, people who are walking through that. Amanda, over the last few months, talking about the issues of poverty and about how poverty is, is not simply about not having very much money, but that each of us are people who need to recognize that there is a lot of poverty going on in here in each one of our lives and to identify that in our lives so that we can help others who are in poverty in one way or another. Both of the men's and women's ministry over the last two years, completely separate from one another, and I don't think that they talked about this, both of them have established regular routines of people coming together and sharing their story. And every single man that I have listened to over in Rock Hill who have shared their story on the third Saturday of every month, men, third Saturday of every month, if you're not coming, you're missing out every one of them have been willing to show us their pain and their struggle and to be vulnerable and open about their past. And it's been a beautiful moment where we experience church and where there is healing, I am sure, in the people who are sharing their story. But around that circle, healing that's taking place because those short stories have been told. I heard the same thing happen this past week at the, um, what do you guys call it? Journey, Life, Life, Journey night. That's what, that's what I was looking for. Journey night that, that individuals came together and they shared their stories of pain and struggle and suffering. This is all happening because we are seeking to be a, a church here at Broadway that is, is trying to, to tend a certain kind of soil here at our church where people are able to share their hurts, uh, to share their pain so that good fruit will grow. And over the years, uh, that's happened way before I ever started here, but we are seeking to move into that more and more and more. So those are some areas that we, that we are already doing, some great work and healing. I just want to suggest a, a few things about some areas of growth, and then uh, I'll finish. First of all, in, in the area of small groups, Uh, Sunday mornings, uh, a wonderful place for us to experience healing and transformation, and and it happens here every single Sunday. Uh, But I want to suggest to you that each of us, every single one of us, need to move into relationships with others where we have deeper and more intimate uh, relationships with others where this kind of healing that I'm talking about can take place. So thank you for those who have jumped in this year. Uh, We have over 180 people who have committed to be part of small groups this year. It's amazing what has happened this year in that. And and we are praying uh, that that would be one of the key places in our church where people are experiencing healing and transformation. A second area of growth that I want to suggest to you is that that we need to to begin to learn uh, more about and pray more confidently and seeing physical healing take place in our church. I believe that we are a church who recognizes emotional healing and spiritual healing that happens. And I want to suggest to you that we, we need to be a people who begin to learn more about, and your pastor needs to do this first, but to learn more about what it means to pray for physical healing and to begin to see that happening in our midst as God wills it. And the third thing I want to say is... Reach out to people who you haven't seen in a while, uh, or people who you kind of have this hunch—you know—they're. I think they're probably hurting. Sometimes we don't want to encroach; we feel like we're getting in people's business or whatever. Um, friends, make the call, send the text, send the email. Are you okay? How can I pray for you? I think this is a really important part of our ministry. I've had a couple stories of people in our life, and it just breaks my heart. Of, they've, they've had difficult time in their life, and they've come to me, and they say, Ryan, we love Broadway, but I just want to say that I didn't receive the support that I needed and that we needed during that season, and we just miss them. And It just happens. and uh, it's part of community. It's a, we're not going to be perfect. We're, there's a gap between you know, where Broadway is and broad, where Broadway needs to be. But I just want to say to you that if you have a hunch, if you have a feeling, if you see or if you hear a story, just make, send the text. Send the email. Make the call. Whatever it is. Let's, let's reach out to those around us who we know or who we think might be hurting. Would you join me? Would you join me in prayer? Father, we, we thank you that you have, have made Broadway into this particular kind of community, that this is a work that you have done, uh, that you have, have made us this kind of community. And I, I pray, Father, that you would enable us to move deeper into this reality, deeper into this identity, that people who come to our church would experience Your presence in such a way that would lead them to to deep and real and lasting healing and transformation. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.